near-death experience podcast, an ongoing exploration of spiritually transformative experiences, including NDEs and other phenomena, in order to elucidate the ineffable and better understand our spirituality. All episodes are available at ndepodcast.org. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and guests are not necessarily those of NDE Podcast, the NDERF, any sponsors, or for that matter, anyone else. In the end, the only opinion that really matters is yours. Near-Death Experience Podcast, item number 368, December 7th, 2021. Listener emails from December 2021. Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, what near-death experiences may teach about life on the other side. Today we're going to share a couple of listener experiences. And I hope, like me, you'll find these both interesting, enlightening, and inspiring. Okay. First off, uh, this is Michelle. Michelle says, I've been listening to your podcast since July 2020. At that time, I was caring for my mother who was dying from pancreatic cancer. It was a very distressing time, as she was in so much pain, and I also had to cope with the imminent loss. Your podcast was a source of comfort and solace for me, and I've been listening regularly ever since. I sought out the Enderf website because I remember something my mother had told me when I was about 12. I had forgotten about it, but it came back to me clearly. She told me that her father, my grandfather, had had an NDE when he died in the late 1960s. It had been a classic experience with a tunnel and light. He was resuscitated with a defibrillator, and he was really angry about it. Why did you bring me back? he demanded. He said the light was so wonderful that he wanted to go to it, and coming back to his body through the shocks was incredibly painful. He died again not long afterwards, and they respected his wish not to be resuscitated. My mother died in my arms. It was a beautiful moment in many ways. I knew she wanted to go and be released from her suffering. I, it, it did not feel weird or wrong to be holding her body, only intimate. I did not have any shared death experience or anything like that, but I did have a series of dreams with my mother. These were definitely dreams, although they were profound. However, your podcast made me remember another event which happened in 2002. I had moved away from home to go to university in Norwich, about 350 miles away to the other side of the UK. One day my friend, from back home called to tell me his girlfriend Heather, my best friend, had died unexpectedly from a stroke. She was only 33. I returned home for her funeral and then returned back to my new place. 
I became depressed and stopped attending my lectures for a few weeks as I struggled with the grief. About two or three months later, something happened. I was laying in bed in the place where I had received the call. I was fully awake, but not in a hurry to get up, as it was Saturday and my waitressing shift was not for a few hours. I was definitely awake, but in a very relaxed state. Gazing at the ceiling and thinking of nothing in particular, I was not thinking of Heather at all, which is why I was so surprised when I heard her voice. Very clearly and suddenly she said, I love you, Shell. I could hear details of the quality of her voice and accent. I cannot bring myself to deliberately recall so clearly, no matter how, I try, how hard I try. To be clear, I knew the voice was in my head, but the clarity and tone was so vivid. It was like the most vivid auditory memory I had ever had. I wondered what would happen if I replied, which I did telepathically. It did not feel right or necessary to speak aloud. I told her I missed her. She replied that it was okay that she was dead, and I was not to trouble myself about it. Our exchange continued for a few moments until it became an effort to try and sustain it, and she stopped replying. I did not tell anyone about this for years, and even now I have only mentioned it to two people, as I know I would not be understood or believed. It was not only the words she uttered, but the feelings she conveyed with them that made me think again of this experience while listening to your podcasts. The feeling was of total peace, like everything is going to be okay. Life can continue without Heather on this side, and we will both continue to be fine in our respective worlds. This does not really count as a near-death experience or even a shared death experience, as the experience happened long after Heather's death, and all I experienced was a moment of connection. I'm sure there may be a perfectly scientific explanation for the phenomenon. However, there was something about it that felt like it was more than that. This is what I wanted to share with you. I wonder if you've come across other experiences like this. If so, perhaps you could mention it in your show. All the best, and thank you again for your podcast, Michelle. Well, first off, that's the end of, uh, of the email. First off, I would say thank you, Michelle, for reaching out to me. And what a beautiful experience this is. It may seem simple to you, or at least it may seem, you know, like, well, it's not a near-death experience. I don't know if this is really worth sharing, but absolutely it's worth sharing because it's this connection with the other side, the personal connection with the other side that makes it so powerful. And I will say, yes, I have heard of many experiences like this. I think, I, I would suspect, I don't know, but I suspect these kinds of experiences are actually more common than near-death experiences simply because they don't require a nearly dying experience in order to have them. These are the kinds of experiences that people have and they maybe write it in their journal, maybe tell like you said, you've only told it to a couple of people because it's very personal and very, you know, you don't want people to think you're 
hearing voices or something or you know when we know from studying these things this is absolutely how people on the other side tend to connect with people i would like to comment on a couple of things uh which i find very interesting one she says that uh, uh michelle says that she was lying in bed on a saturday it's kind of a quiet morning she's just very relaxed very relaxed this is a point that i want to make it seems that when these experiences come to those who are not in a nearly dying experience, they often come in either meditation or, or just before or just after waking up. Or for myself, I've had some, you might call them near veil experiences or thin veil experiences, where the veil to the other side, that, that separator from this side to the next, is very thin. And often it is surrounding something like this. And the fact that Michelle is not thinking about her friend at that time is actually a clue to the authenticity of this experience because it is in that quiet, comfortable place that Heather, Michelle's friend, is able to make this connection. I think that quiet open comfortableness is key for most people to be able to have that kind of a connection because it's in grief and in depression which it obviously very much follows the initial shock of death that kind of stands in the way actually of making that connection and and that's not to say we shouldn't grieve we need to grieve we know we need to grieve and it's good to grieve just recognize that it is in the negative pain that we often cannot experience something like a shared death experience and when a loved one on the other side wants to make a connection with us they will perfectly, you know, remember, they don't have time on the other side as we do here. And it's totally okay that it takes some time for us to calm down enough to be able to have some connection with them. That's totally understandable. And they understand it on that side too. But at the point where we have not necessarily gotten over them or, you know, because you never really get over a person, but when we get to a, an emotional state where we can be both open and calm and open to the other side, that is often when someone on the other side will, will make that connection. And the fact is, I don't think most of us are in a state most of the time where that's very, I don't want to say possible, but... It could be that they're trying to to reach out to us on occasion and that just we just don't hear them because we're driving the car. We're thinking about other things where, you know, maybe we're a little bit relaxed, a little bit calm, um, you know, after seeing a great movie or something. And, and they try to reach out and it just doesn't connect. It We just don't make that connection. But in these moments of quiet contemplation of maybe just having woken up from a good restful sleep 
or we're going to sleep and it's a and we're in that good restful state that sometimes those messages can come and you know just ask michelle these are not scary experiences it's not like uh feeling a ghost in the room or something like that it's nothing like that it's actually very relaxing and just very calm and just that sense of you know so for many people it will be a sense of as if their friend is in the room with them just that that feeling of of their presence and it's not oh i feel like there's somebody in the room with me in some creepy way it's not like that at all it's more like hey how's it going it's good to make this connection with you and an interesting side note to this which which um um Michelle points out is she has this connection kind of has a bit of a conversation until she finds it hard to maintain or until it became an effort to try and sustain it and she stopped replying that is very normal I've you know I I don't feel like I've I can you know on command have these kind of connections it's not like okay I'm going to sit down and have a connection it's a you know, it's nothing like that. But in these moments where you feel that connection, there does seem to come a point where it fades out. And I think that's intended. I think the person, it's kind of like when you get to the end of a long visit with somebody. And, you know, maybe it's not a long connection for you and you want it to last, but it becomes an effort. I think for them on the other side, it's it's kind of like when you've had a big long visit with somebody and you know it's time to wrap things up and but you know you're both kind of saying well I should I should probably let you go or after a long phone call well I better let you get back to your to your life and sometimes one or the other of the people you know want to hold on to the you know the conversation and keep it going but uh but you're kind of like well I I do got to get up early in the morning I I better get home and what not not that you become an inconvenience but i i get the impression that when we have these connections with the other side there does come a point where it becomes an effort to sustain it and part of that may be that it's time for them to move on more likely we're just coming out of that calm state that is required and it can't be sustained much longer and that's okay I think they understand that on that side and and it's you know so it's a combination of of things I think the best way to look at this is that they uh, you know it's time for the connection to end and and either because of our physical capacities <laughs> which are very much lacking or because they've made the connection that they feel like they need to make communicated what needs to be communicated and then they they're ready to move on and you're ready to get up. And of course, after such an exchange, you're often going to sit there and just be like, wow, did that really happen? Is that, was that for real? And let me say, it is absolutely for real. This is, this is a real thing and people experience it often. So thank you, Michelle, for sending this in. It is beautiful. And I would love to hear from anyone else who has had these kind of experiences to just, you know, let us know, let Michelle know how common 
these are and not common in a sense of like oh no it's no big deal it's a huge deal and it's a beautiful deal it's just not weird you know <laughs> it's it's something beautiful and and something that many people experience and they don't usually talk about it because like you say you know you just, i don't know is this was this real or is this just in my head kind of thing absolutely it's real and and people are experiencing it every day so Thank you, Michelle, for reaching out to us and sharing this. Let's share another one. This is also by a listener, Fiona, who also similarly uh, had this experience in a non-dying situation. And I find these um, very interesting because they are in many ways more relatable for those of us who have not had uh, close brushes with death. And uh, this recognition that uh, that the veil is right there, and though it's it may be hard to penetrate uh, in a healthy, safe way, but it happens, and it can happen, and and we should be open to those possibilities because I think that's often how heaven reaches us. Okay, um, here's Fiona. She says, "Hi, Chaz." Wow, finally I found someone to perhaps validate my experiences. I've listened to many of your podcasts and have been fascinated by them all. Thank you to you both. Both experiences I had were many years ago now, but I have never forgotten them. The first took place while I was standing at a crossing outside a cathedral in Melbourne, CBD. While waiting for the crossing signal... I found myself out of my body. There was no tunnel, whoosh, or traveling, and I was part of everything. Pure love and peace was all around, and I was that love. The light was bright without being painful. It was soft with indescribable colors through it. This felt timeless, as though I had been there for an eternity. There was no God, just the knowing that I was a part of the source, as I have come to call it. I saw no other beings, but they were there as part of source as well. I felt encompassed by the oneness. Then I was back in my body, and the crossing signal sounded. I walked across the road as if nothing had happened. I was changed by that experience. How could you not be? Although I didn't go and join a religious order or even start going to church, this experience made me feel okay about dying one day. I have only just started to explore what this spiritual moment could have been, and it is leading along a very special path. My mom is 91 and has Alzheimer's. She has never been religious, but as she nears her time, she has been questioning what comes next. I have been able to comfort her and speak to her in quite a pragmatic way about my experience, and she finds this very reassuring and comforting. I feel this could have been part of the reason I was shown where we go after this earthly life. The other was a brief out-of-body experience. I was having a huge argument with a very dysfunctional ex-boyfriend and found I was looking down at us from the ceiling in a corner watching this explosive argument taking place. 
that was the day I decided to leave this abusive relationship. This was also when I was in my 20s, and I'm now in my 50s. I am grateful to finally share these things with someone who is passionate and supportive as you and John. The few others that I have told don't have much to say about it, and so I feel a little foolish and slightly cracked in their eyes. I'm okay with that all now, but I did keep it to myself for many years. I hope this is of some interest to you for your studies, and I am also wondering if many others have had similar experiences as me, not involving a near-death experience. In kindness, Fiona. Well, thank you, Fiona. Thank you for sharing this with us. And um, before I go uh, commenting a little further about this, uh, let me read my response uh, or question uh, that I ask her. I say, thanks for reaching out to me, Fiona. Yes, your experiences are exactly consistent with others I've heard. Do you mind if I share these on the podcast? I'm always on the lookout for experiences like this that didn't involve a nearly dying situation. By chance, did you have a close brush with death as a child? Thanks again, Fiona. And then she replies again. She says, Hi, Chaz, I'm fine with you telling my experiences on your podcast. I would be honored. Yes, I nearly drowned as a four-year-old and felt great peace sitting at the bottom of the public pool as all the legs walked around me. I don't remember anything about my oldest brother jumping in and pulling me out. He is past now, and I am forever, forever grateful to him. Take care. Kind regards. Fiona. Well, again, thank you, Fiona. Thank you for your response. And I, I just wanted to ask that question on there because, as we've seen from many near-death experiences, many people who have had either a near-death experience or a close brush with death in the past, it's like the veil kind of cracks for them. And they, and they have this openness to the other side, making it so it's easier to have experiences um, that involve the other side, uh, a, a closeness to the veil. Like I said, it's almost like there's a crack in the veil that normally you don't maybe notice. Uh, you know, it may have an effect, um, such as having giving you a an interest in the other side or in spiritual things, something like that. But uh, you may not notice it, but once in a while things will happen that you're just like, what? You know, I, I, I just experienced a bit of heaven right there. You know, what, what was that about? And I just bring that up because I suspect, I, obviously I can't diagnose, but I suspect that your um, drowning as a four-year-old cracked the veil for you so that when you were having this just sudden unanticipated experience at the crosswalk it's like that crack opened a little bit and you know it's been there all along and you have this close um, encounter with heaven so to speak and it is clearly a real experience uh, you know we need a word for these kinds of experiences um, the best that we've got so far is spiritually transformative experiences or STEs 
as they we like to use those abbreviations in the NDE literature. Uh, an STE is a spiritually transformative experience. It can be every bit as powerful and enlightening, even the same kind of experience as a near-death experience. It just doesn't involve dying, which is why we needed a term for it that doesn't have the words near-death <laughs> in it. But yes, I just wanted to make that point that someone who has had a close brush with death is very much more susceptible to a spiritually transformative experience than others. Which, you know, makes me wonder also, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to talk to Michelle and see if she's had any close brushes with death previously. Um, and and it, it's not that it's required in order to have these kind of experiences, but... It, it is an interesting thing to me to notice these connections. And not that I would want to uh, try to put, you know, more into this than what is there. Um, but there are people who have had near-death experiences that actually forget those experiences in the immediate future. And sometimes they forget them for years on end. There are people who, you know, it can be 20 years later that they suddenly, in a quiet moment of contemplation or in prayer or meditation or something, um, they suddenly remember their entire near-death experience and it is deep and it is involved and detailed and they have simply, it's like the veil was over that experience for years and years and years but then when they recall it, they remember the situation that led up to it, which they're like, oh yeah, I remember my mom saying that I almost drowned when I was a kid, or I remember a glimpse of almost drowning as a kid, but now I remember having this really incredibly deeply involved experience that I've completely forgotten about, and I remember it in complete detail. That sounds crazy to anyone who's not familiar with this stuff, but it seems to be actually not uncommon, especially when people have, have later on these signs that, that they've had a, a, a spiritually transformative experience or that they later have experiences that, that act as after effects to an experience that they have forgotten. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that in case uh, Fiona ever later has a memory of an experience that she can't place. Um, it's possible that maybe your drowning had more to it that you have forgotten because the veil was placed over you uh, for that. And maybe not. But either way, it's fascinating to hear this experience. I would like to emphasize for uh, Fiona's sake and those listening who, who maybe have had experiences like this, um, to know that this this idea of having this instant experience in just an instant. I mean, Fiona goes to to the crosswalk to cross and is waiting. And while she's having, she's just sitting there waiting, a very common everyday experience. And all of a sudden, boom, she has this incredible, what we would call a near-death experience or spiritually transformative experience. And then... All of this seems to, you know, she says it's it's as if I'd been there for eternity, and uh, and 
you know, she's enveloped in this oneness, this absolute connection to everything, everyone. And as she describes it, the source, which is a term that we keep coming across in, in near-death literature, this source. And she feels this connection with it, with everything. And then the uh, she comes back to her body. She finds herself back in her body as the crossing signal sounds. It's like, okay, time to go. <laughs> Continue on. Just a few moments, and yet she has this eternal connection. It reminds me a little bit of an experience we shared in a previous episode, probably a year, maybe two ago, um, of the woman who was driving in her car, and she's, she's passing an exit, um, and she suddenly has this oneness with everything and she describes in detail, you know, uh, sensing the tree and the tree sensing her back and, and you know, widening to the entire universe and so forth. And then uh, she's back before the exit has completely passed. Like she sees it coming and, and then she uh, um, is back by the time she reaches that exit. You know, that's how fast these things can take place in mortal time, but it utterly changed her world. I mean, she it, it transformed her entire outlook, which, you know, is, is kind of what uh, Fiona, it sounds like, experienced as well. Anyway, I just wanted to say to both of you, Michelle and Fiona, you are not alone. There are um, many of us out here that are absolutely touched by your experiences. So thank you, thank you for sharing them. And with that, thank you all of you for listening. Chaz and I thank you for listening to Near Death Experience Podcast. You can reach out to your hosts by using Chaz, C-H-A-S, at ndepodcast.org and John, J-O-H-N, at ndepodcast.org. You can text or call the show at 970-633-2278. That's 970-NDE-CAST. Calling allows you to record your message in three-minute increments. If your message runs longer than three minutes, just call back and we can splice the segments together. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching NDE Podcast on those sites and join our Facebook NDE Podcast community. Please leave feedback for the show on iTunes or via whatever application you use to listen to us. Doing so will allow our audience to grow and help spread the knowledge about spiritually transformative experiences to more listeners. You can help keep the show financially viable by purchasing Chaz's music or his book under the store link on the ndepodcast.org website or by going to patreon.com slash ndepodcast where you can make a one-time only donation or become an ongoing supporter. Whether you decide to write or call us or you choose to support the show either financially or by writing a review or by listening and sharing us with others we are so humbly thankful for you. We can't begin to express how much touching you spiritually means to us. Chaz and I thank you for joining us 
We hope you keep listening and applying the understanding you gain from the show about your existence after this earthly life so you have a better life right now and to love one another. This is your host, John Messer, reminding you that it's all about attitude and gratitude and our attitude should always be love.